Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. It's a pretty commonly known notion, fact, perception that a birth mother will at some point experience a difficult time during Mm -hmm. her adoption journey. What's unknown and under-recognized and understudied and evaluated is really what the hardest time is, what it looks like, what it actually might be. Mm -hmm. Everybody would assume that the hardest time for a birth mother would be saying goodbye to the baby. In the hospital. Right. Signing, yeah, signing the consent docs and Correct. all that. For some women, that is the hardest time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that's the hardest time for every woman. Right. Well, because we've brought up on this podcast many times, everybody's different and has their different triggers and things that are difficult for them. Some people find that part easy, I would think. Well... And, and again, it really depends on walking in their shoes. So mm-hmm. when you walk in somebody's shoes, you walk through all the experiences that they've had that shaped them into the person they are today. You obviously are shaped by the experiences that you've had and the hurdles you've overcome and the education you've received and the experiences that you have had or have not had. Mm-hmm. And... Those factors all determine and influence how you're going to respond in the situation. Any given situation, right. So as we walk through this podcast today, we're really going to focus on some areas that a birth mother may consider as her hardest time during the adoption journey. And I think this is important to recognize because... When an adoption caseworker or an adoptive family is work is you know with the birth mother, they may not realize that the current situation they're in is really difficult for them, and they may think, "Oh no, no, the hardest part's coming. The hardest part's coming." Well, I can I can attest and say that the birth mothers that I've worked with over the last fifteen years, a lot of them, yes, it is in the hospital, but a lot of them, it's not, and sometimes the hardest time is actually making the appointment and walking through the agency door. I was just thinking, you know, making that initial phone call saying, hey, building Arizona families or whoever they're going with, I think I'm ready to embark on an adoption journey. Just making that first step 
in so many cases. That's so hard for me to step out of my comfort zone and go, okay, this is the direction I want to head. It's not easy at all. So I can see that being a very difficult time for some people. Right. It's not easy. And for a lot of women, they look at that moment as admitting that parenting is not the right choice for this child, for them, and it won't benefit their baby because of the situation or circumstances that are that they are currently in. And accepting that and voicing it and acknowledging it is huge. Do you think it feels like failure when they make that yes. choice? I think to them it does. Right. I'm, because, I'm not saying it is failure, but right. the to feeling. Them, I, do right. think, I do think so. I think it's defeat. I think um, a lot of them uh, struggle with condemnation and... They feel that they're letting themselves down, their baby down, their family members down, their friends down. They don't know how people are going to perceive them. They don't know if they're going to be judged. A lot of them don't understand the adoption process. And so they're going into this unknown entity with this decision that they've made. And they're trying to wrap their head around it. I mean, sometimes when women walk through the doors of our agency, they look like a deer in headlights. And they're nervous and they're scared and they don't know really, you know, what's going to happen at that first meeting. And they don't, they want to make sure they ask all the right questions and they want to make sure they understand the paperwork. And that can be really intimidating. And that's why it's important before you even begin an intake process with a new client that you just talk to them and you tell them a little bit about yourself and about the agency and you listen to them and you listen to their story. When when I meet with uh, a birth mother after she has completed the intake process and I talk to her, as I've stated before on podcasts, it's really to let them know how much I respect them. And I think that what they're doing is amazing. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. Right. Certainly. And how much adoption has benefited me and how it has affected my life and how I in turn am now able to help other people because of the selfless choice my mother made. Mm -hmm. And again, it's really breaking down the barriers. You know, one of the first things I say is when they walk in and, you know, they're nervous or whatever. And I, and I ask them, what are you nervous about? And they say, well, when, you know, you're the director and president. And I said, those are titles. I'm me. Like, forget the titles. You're Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Forget the titles. They intimidate me too. So let's just talk. It's just you and me. We're just two people. And I'm no different than you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was placed for adoption. And I talk about my history and where I come from. And I let them know, you know, I wouldn't be sitting on this side of the desk had my mom not placed me for adoption. I know I would be sitting right next to you. And you're giving your baby the same opportunity that my mom gave me. And so that is a really hard time for a lot of women, Many women yeah. who are choosing adoption. You know, another really hard time is having to share their adoption decision choice with family and friends because they don't know the feedback or the response they're going to elicit when they tell them. And they don't want to feel like they're letting somebody down. They don't want someone to be angry with them. You know, when they tell the birth father, they don't want, if they're in a relationship, they don't want him to break up with them. They don't want him to be angry or try to pressure her. 
and that's really tough. You know, I've um, reviewed a lot of the intakes, and I'm always surprised, maybe it's just my naivete, but at how many of them, when they're asked, does your family know about this, and what do they or what would they think of your adoption choice, and how often they reply that either, no, they don't know, but especially when they say, they are not supportive or they would not be supportive. Yeah. And it breaks my heart a little because you're doing something so wonderful and to either know or to think that your family wouldn't support this choice, it's sad to me. Right. And so I, I can think, see that fear of or oh, you know absolutely. that absolutely it's a polarizing. Huge thing. I think what is amazing is when I have a birth mother who comes in with her mother mm-hmm. and I will tell the the mother's mother, thank you so much for coming and supporting your daughter. Thank you for, you know, you always say you want your mom next to you in your hardest moments and this is her hardest moment yeah. and you showed up. And even if this isn't the dream that you had for your daughter and this isn't what you wanted her life to come to a head at right here, this moment, you showed up. And, you know, just sitting next to her, holding her hand and being there will be mean more to her than anything you could ever do, give or say to her. And beyond the birth mother herself, if you think about your support in this choice and you helping your daughter go through it is going to be something so wonderful for your grandchild. Yeah. If you're, you know, if the birth mother chooses an open adoption, then that gives the opportunity for the grandmother to be a part of that as well. Right. Is and, that sometimes put into the post-adoption communication agreement um, or not it really? It can't be because the, she wouldn't, in order to have a post-adoption communication agreement, you need to have a, um, she would have to sign consents and there's no consent for her to sign. But okay. As long as she's with her her daughter, daughter she can be, you know, in the Skypes and she can be at the visits if her daughter brings her and she can see the letters and pictures. So she can. Right. And again, that all depends a lot on the uh, adopting family as well. So, okay. It's just, it's so incredible. And, you know, I think the fact that you have been working with your wife's law firm and and helping with the paperwork and and things like that, I think that that gives you an incredible insight Mm -hmm. to really what these women are going through and to what, some of the tragedy and triumph. Right. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when you see somebody, as we've talked about standing on a street corner or using drugs, you have no idea as society, what caused them to get there. You don't know what experiences they've had. Mm-hmm. You don't know what traumas they've witnessed or, or been a part of or experienced and everybody is so quick to make a judgment or an assessment on somebody without really understanding. And that's unfair. And birth mothers feel that. They don't want to be stereotyped. They don't want to be stigmatized. They don't want people to group them together. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. You know, another struggle um, is what goes on in their head. I, you know, some some birth mothers have the hardest time in the middle of the night. I... I tell them, you know, the monsters in their head, you know, at three in the morning when you wake up and you're second guessing yourself and you're rethinking everything. And, and like I said, you're in your head, you're just going crazy thinking, you know, am I doing the right thing? What am I doing? Am I crazy? Some nights are really long 
And, you know, when a birth mother is struggling like that in the middle of the night, my recommendation to them is, you know, if it happens where you go through these moments of sheer panic and confusion and you're not sure about things is to write out on, you know, a journal or a piece of paper Mm -hmm. your reasons for choosing adoption and, you know, maybe some positive affirmation statements and keep it by your bed. And at three in the morning when you wake up and start to panic to just reread them and reassure yourself, no, you're not crazy. It's okay to be upset, but let's go back as to why you're choosing adoption, why this is important, why this is a beautiful choice, how your baby is going to benefit, how you are going to benefit knowing that your baby is in a safe and beautiful and wonderful home. So that's a great idea. Yeah. And not just for birth mothers. Sometimes that helps for all of us having some sleepless nights and worrying about the future. And because if you have something already right next to you. And you, it has every reason that you've made the choice you've made. Mm-hmm. The biggest way to be to bring peace to yourself is through reassurance. And when you're already disoriented because you woke up in the middle of the night because you can't sleep, mm-hmm. uh, can you know throughout the night, it's not always easy to remember those those fine tuned details. <laughs> so by rereading them, you can then close your eyes and go back to sleep. So another one, obviously, yes, is leaving the hospital and saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. I have seen moms, uh, there's one particular one, she had twins, and she wanted to take pictures. A lot of the birth moms love pictures. I love pictures, so I get it. (laughs) And when the twins were born, uh, the adoptive family was so excited. And what was neat about it is the birth mother thought they were very cute. She didn't want to change their diapers. She didn't want to feed them. She said it looked like a lot of work. She just looked at them and said, it's all you. Enjoy. I'll just watch. Wow. Uh, She spent her time in the hospital with the adoptive family and the babies. And it was very cute when she took some pictures of, well, I took the pictures of her holding the babies. The minute the pictures were done, she's like, okay, here you go. Hand off. (laughs) Quick. And it was just, she was a light. It wasn't, she had made her choice. She was at peace with her choice. Mm -hmm. She loved the family. And I think the family did everything right in the sense that they allowed her to create the ebb and flow at the hospital. They didn't push. They didn't pull. They just... They didn't take the babies from her, nope. but they didn't push the babies on nope. her. They, they asked her and they where respected. Where she was comfortable. They didn't do the, do you want to hold the baby? Are you sure you don't want to hold the baby? Do you right. want to just hold the baby one more time? Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of that. Yeah. It was just natural and nothing felt forced. You know, I, I've walked into into hospital rooms and the adoptive family's in the room and the birth mom's in the room and the birth mother is cradling the baby as closely as she can and the adoptive mom is standing over the birth mother waiting for her to hand the baby back. And those moments are awful. Yeah. For everybody. Everybody. Around. Right. <laughs> They're awful. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see a birth mother sobbing hysterically as she's mm-hmm. leaving the hospital. The adoptive family doesn't. The caseworkers are struggling with it. Obviously, the birth mother is beside herself. And those are the moments that don't just go away in your head, even as a caseworker. Those are the moments that you struggle with because you want her to be so confident in her decision 
and you want her to be okay. Like that's what you wish for her is that she that she's going to be okay and you know ultimately she'll get there. But watching somebody struggle is really hard. Right. Oftentimes when a birth mother is struggling, the adoptive parents will then struggle because they start to feel guilt like they're doing something wrong and they're hurting the birth mother and they're taking her baby. And that's not what this is, but it's it's very, very hard. Right. Those situations, yeah, they're awful. At the same time, you just keep going. You know, you just, when it's time for discharge, you just keep going. You just keep going through the motions. Oftentimes our caseworkers will spend extra time as we're getting, you know, the mom back to her room at her apartment or the hotel or wherever she is and make sure she has food and all the supplies that she needs for aftercare. And it's just, you know, then we'll check in on her in an hour or two and just make sure she's doing okay. Right. Because those are really hard moments. Mm. And at the same time, like I said, we see the moms that are like, okay, let's go. I'm out of here. We have the moms that leave AMA (laughs) against medical advice early, not with our permission, approval, or assistance, mind you. But (laughs) uh, they've had the baby and they're done. Yeah. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's because they're beginning to become dope sick and they need to get a fix. Other times, uh, they've decided it's too difficult emotionally, and they're out of there. Right. And so it is, Mm. and some of them just don't like hospitals. And as we've learned in previous podcasts, sometimes uh, hospitals and them are just not a good mix. Right. And so, They're doing, I guess, what comes natural to them and what they need to do in that moment. Okay. Right. Uh, You know, I also recommend that birth mothers see the adoptive mother and father with the baby it may hurt initially and it may be painful and there may be feelings of jealousy and resentfulness but in the future those memories will stick in their head and they'll know how much their baby is loved and those moments will bring them peace. And at that time, they may not realize it. But later on, when she looks back at those memories of them holding the child, maybe she'll kind of, it'll come clear that this was the perfect choice for that right. child and for her. And when adoptive families love bomb the birth moms, mm-hmm. it's important to understand that they need to not stop doing that once the baby's born. So when an adoptive family walks into a hospital room, the first person they should look at is the birth mom. Right. You've said that before. Yeah. And make a big deal out of her. Mm -hmm. I have seen adoptive parents walk into a a hospital room and they've had this amazing relationship with a birth mom and they dive for the baby. Right. And And you kind of understand it instinctually, but... Well, that says to the birth mom, I was worried all along that you were just doing this because you wanted my baby. And you weren't as interested in me. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's important to remember that's still her baby. And until and she signs consents, be. yes. And so it's it's important to, to give her that respect. Mm-hmm. With regards to respecting birth moms, in respect of my own birth mom and all birth mothers who we've worked with in the past and in the future, they are absolutely my heroes. They are superhuman in my opinion Mm -hmm. people have said to me i don't understand how a woman could place a baby for adoption and i say but then you don't understand how a woman is in a place 
that that is the choice that she makes because you're in a different place in your life and you have different resources and support structures. And if you didn't have those, you would want the very best for your baby, just like this birth mother wants the very best for her baby. And she is selfless enough to make a choice that so many people wouldn't have the courage or the ability to make. And that's why I say that I think a birth mother turns into the Incredible Hulk with her strength and Batman with her sense of bravery and just stays permanently as a Wonder Woman. Because in order to do this, you have to be strong enough, smart enough, and dedicated enough to get through the moments that are so incredibly hard. And the fact that we as a society don't celebrate every time a birth mother makes a choice over abortion, mm-hmm. over parenting a child that winds up into the system. Right. We only look at her like, oh, she placed her baby for adoption, not as the superhero that she really is. You know, if if I had a lamp and a genie popped out, my wish would be that birth mothers would get the respect that they deserve that we would see right. not just from the industry not no. just from the adoptive parents but from society as a whole right that I when agree. somebody says i'm placing my baby for adoption that people would be like oh that's incredible that's so amazing yeah you are an amazing individual you're a beautiful person right people give that to women that are surrogates mm-hmm but women who are birth mothers don't get that same response. And so mm-hmm. I think we really need to look at that. You know, why do we value, appreciate, and respect surrogates on one level and birth mothers on another? And I think that hopefully these podcasts will educate people and teach people what adoption really is because there's nothing more beautiful than an adoption choice and a mother putting her baby before herself. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112 or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing and started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters. Matters in Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.